to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 263. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm Bijiron Mess. I am Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigo Gami, back again this week. And while y'all doing your intros, I'm going to enjoy a nice swig of this beer. By all means, if you got one, drink one. <sighs> Good stuff. We are live tonight, week of May 10th, 2016, here on the Vogue Network. We're here live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, with replays Thursdays at 2. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Chat clients such as Merck, XChat, Chatzilla can use irc.gamesurge.net. The chat room is Vogue, or hashtag VOG, or you can head on over to animejamsession.com slash network. There is a link that will bring you to the chat. If you click on it, your default chat client will bring you right on in. And don't forget, every week, um, pretty much every Friday, we do post on our VOG Network a hosted forums about every episode. So when the episode comes out, there will be a uh, forum posting. So we want to hear from you what you think of the episode. And check-ins are now live, so come by, earn some awesome VOG points. And I just want to know one thing. What the hell happened to spring? Um, This is it. It's worse than last year. No, this is what spring is supposed to be. Mm. We ended up... No, we ended up with an early summer. This is spring. We just got, you know, a little bit of a preview for summer, I guess. I don't know. Summer seemed to come l- late. Because I, I know I put my air conditioner in it like a week or two early. And then for about two, three weeks, it's like I didn't even need the thing mm-hmm. on. So, I, I mean, my house stays kind of cold, so uh, at least, like, during the day, um, sometimes it'll get hot if I have all the lights on, but most of the time, it's been pretty chill, but I know that, like, the state of where I am from, the Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, Jersey, I guess, lower Jersey area, and maybe it stays a little more milder, um, but it, it's been pretty temperate um, as far as... Like the local weather. I mean, there's been a few days where it's gotten a little hot, but it hasn't really gone above the 90s yet. So it's still spring for us inherently. I know, because Saturday I actually sat here with my door open because it was like really hot. Not not hot, hot, but you know, just the kind of hot and coolness in here. And that was it. Keep... I don't know. I'm thankful for this weather. And and if Ichigo keeps the temperature in our house like that, Mako, you have a place to chill at. I'm hey, thankful down for visit. this weather. <clears throat> Once it starts we'll getting really hot, I'm okay with that. <laughs> no, once it starts getting really hot and humid, it's just, I don't mind heat. I hate humidity, though. I can tolerate the humidity to a certain amount, so. Not me at all. Uh, let's see, what's going on in our chat room here at live.network.com? Katie Chan says that they ha- had their AC put in today. Um, 
If I put mine in, I have to find a new place for it to cup from all my pens and pencils. Uh, let's see. Raginator is saying that his neighbors are kind of screwed because his kitchen window's right by theirs, and the only door... I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Something about calling 911. Uh, we know nothing, and they better not subpoena this episode for evidence, okay? We can't have that. Alright, um, let's go ahead and kick things off with, um, how was your week, how was your day? Let me adjust the volume so I don't blow out anybody's ear. Mm. go. how was your week, how was your day? Haha, <laughs> I knew it, I was going to predict it, and I knew it was mine, okay. Um, it was good, I've actually been getting pretty busy, um, I... I've been doing a lot more cosplay classes, so that's been mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Um, and also been helping out with a few big projects that are apparently going to be on like some YouTube stuff. So cool. you can keep on with my Facebook page if you're interested in that kind of work. Um, I am excited, but also kind of dreading all the stuff that's going to be going on. Um, I'm going to be at Animazement and at AwesomeCon and at HoshiCon and then at Otakon. So, if you see me, say hi. Um, I'm going to be working with my friend uh, for her booth at a few of these conventions, um, vending. So, cool. it's going to be a lot of fun, but it's going to be a lot of work, too. Um, otherwise, it's been just, you know, catching up with things and trying to get the, you know, normal Maid Cafe stuff up and running for Otakon. So, mm. been kind of keeping busy on my in my camp. Gotcha. Um, yep. But that's, that's basically it. Nothing too exciting. Uh, and I believe a uh, friend of the show, Serafita Cosplay, she's going to Animazement, so maybe it'd be cool y'all to end up crossing paths. I think... That'd be really cool. I'm, I'm, I think she's doing a Nana Cosplay. I, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Oh my god, I was so sad with a new story arc, but no spoilers, I'm not that mean. Wait, the manga is still going? Oh boy, did you stop reading it like when... Oh, no, I, no spoilers. Are you I've, trying to get me to spoil it for people? I've never read it. Don't make the me manga. take that fuck Rama. I've never read it. It's... it's Oh, there's so much sadness going on right now in this series. I'm just... My my heart can't take it. It's so sad. Um, yeah, it... it uh, if you're into Nana and Ayazawa's work, like... Oh, it's got a very special place in my heart. Um, Mawako was, like, my first dream cosplay from Paradise Kiss. And so, like, oh, there's just so much going on with that storyline. And I actually dressed up as um, Sweet Nana <laughs> a few years ago with my husband as Nobu. So it was a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, no, there's a lot going on in that, that story. Mm. All right, cool. All right. What is this? Okay. Mako-chan, how was your week and how was your day? I worked a lot. You don't say. Yeah, um, I, because of Mother's Day, I usually agree to work for one of the ladies on Sundays that usually works. So I had my long week of work. And I was nice. I decided I got up early on Sunday. Earlier than I even had to be into work. And decided to make the ladies um, cinnamon rolls. 
some of which had bacon in them. Hmm. And I made eight cinnamon rolls, so it would have been two for each of us. I had four with bacon and four without. I had six cinnamon rolls left at the end of the day, and I just tossed them. Yeah, I don't know why I continue to attempt to bring in food for these people because I know they're not going to eat it anyway. But I was just trying to be nice, you know, for Mother's Day and do something nice for them. And yeah. Well, it's a thought that counts. And you're such a sweet young daughter, cheek pinch. Yeah, it's just, it sucks when it's a waste of money. Hmm. I hear that. So, yeah, that was... That was my lovely week. And then today I went and finally got to spend time with my mother for Mother's Day. And we were going to take her out for dinner. And then she figured out that she won $100 from the lottery, so she took us out for dinner. (laughs) So, in other words, in the new adventures of Rosine and Darlene Connor. Yeah, yeah. So, I will be taking her out at a later date. But we had very yummy food. So, you take her out for Father's Day? Nah, too far away. I'd take her out for that anyway. Mm. Fair enough. Well, my weekend day has been interesting. First things first, I figured, you know, let me catch up with some anime. So, I figured, as I always do, I sit in front of my TV and I stream it from my computer. I've been spending the last three days trying to figure out why it won't, why my computer, why my PlayStation 3 won't see the computer. So, I end up moving the FiOS router to behind the TV next to my secondary router where everything is wired up. And I'm going to check later and see if... That's the if that fixes it. Also, last night my shower rod fell. So I go. I said, you know what? It's probably because it's on the tile. So I figured I'll put it back up on the actual wall and open and extend it. Evidently, where the wall, the far out where I put it, it doesn't line up properly with the shower. So. I'm like, okay, I'll put it back. I couldn't bring it back down to fix it. So I ended up having to buy a brand new shower rod earlier tonight. Uh, Let's see what else has been going on. I have to return some stuff to Amazon that I bought, like extra cables that I don't need because it's no longer the culprit of what's causing some of the problems behind the scenes here at the studio. Uh, I think I may have to purchase a replacement headset, but I will see soon enough. And I think that's basically it. Oh, still stocking up a Sprite Remix. What are you up to now? Uh, 20 still. I had a couple extras. <laughs> so what happened was I I went out and I had I was low on milk, so I go to Target and I pick up. A quart of milk, like a half gallon, and it's like two seventy nine. I'm just like, this is kind of pricey because for me, anything over two fifty is pricey. But anyhow, I open up the app and I'm just like, okay, five percent off of Target brand milk. I'm like, wait a minute, 
I'm holding up another brand of milk there. I'm like, let me go back and find it. Two seventy nine for a full gallon. I'm like, that'll do. With all the cereal I eat, that'll last me a good two weeks. Best to spend two fifty. It's better to spend like two seventy nine a month on milk as opposed to like five dollars like every couple of weeks on milk. So now. Let's see what else is going on. And I think that's basically has been my weekend day. I think so. Yeah. I think I, I think that's it. I think that's the shortest weekend day we've had on the show. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. We're very boring people. So boring. I mean, until I like get attacked by radiation and gain superpowers, then it might be interesting. Maybe. Yeah, but if that was the case, I I wouldn't be telling people that I had superpowers. Mm-hmm. No, I mean it'd be boring, but I'd have superpowers. Yeah, that's true. It would still be boring talking on the show because you couldn't exactly, exactly. You know, talk about it though. Yeah, you've got you, you got to keep your secret identity. It's very important. That's why you shouldn't tell me. Yeah, you're a blabbermouth. <laughs> Maybe. But before we take our first break, so let's talk about something real quick. Um, about I will say maybe the big news in the fandoms today is the new Pokemon starters and the memes have gone out of fucking control. Oh god, the owl one? Holy shit. <laughs> They've already made uh, Love Live memes with it, and Garfield. I mean, what the f- they f- what the What the moe crap is this? They turned the owl into John Arbuckle. They did a lot of stuff with that owl. I, I think that owl has already seen things he can never unsee. Alright, when I was scrolling this morning and I saw the, um... Kotori Owl, I was like, I'm done. Then I see someone did the whole... I th- what is it? Rowlet? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, Rowlet had, um... Evolved. And it evolved into Kotori. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I- I'm expecting, like, the next generation... Uh, the next iteration of Love Live cosplayers to show up with various Pokemons now. Not I'd be surprised if it hasn't happened already. Well, there is a fan art of all the Eevees with different members of, of, of Muse. I don't remember that. Yeah, it's it's floating around. I can I can try to find it later. Um But yeah, I'm just I was just kinda of surprised. I I have never seen like memes like that explode. Oh. Just like that, you know? Well, I think it was only about an hour after the announcement was made. They already had a drawn and colored picture of Ash with all three of the new Pokemon. So people are really quick on some of this shit now. I have not seen that one. I'll have to go through my Facebook and see if I can find it again. But the, um... The Litten one, um... That cat looks like... That cat looks like he does not give zero fucks. 
Fire kitty. God. Burn all I, the things and then I, knock I, them I, on I, the I floor. Want, I want the I want the fire kitty. Yay, fire kitty. I feel like that might be like a code word for something horrible. Oh no, did I break the internet? A code word for something horrible? Yeah. I don't know. Like, like, uh, I don't know, a secret op to take down some weird thing. I don't know. I don't know where my mind was going with that, but I don't, it sounds sinister. I don't like it. I don't know. I guess if you're talking about your pussy being on fire, it could be a venereal <laughs> disease or something. No, it's not anything like that. But, but like, cats are always sinister. So a cat on fire, like that's like ten times sinister. Okay. <laughs> uh, K Chen goes. Damien was a fire kitty last week. <laughs> oh God, Marco Chan, I think you, I think you saw the remnants of la- of, of 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 our of our Sailor Moon podcast we did. Some of I think some of Yaten is rubbing off onto you. Too easy. Mm. Too easy. Say it. Nope. Too easy. Say it. No. Too easy. That's why you have to say it. No, it's too easy. <sighs> if you're gonna give, if you're gonna give me, you know, openings like rubbing off, it's too easy. Then you shouldn't have said too easy. Because it's too easy. God, what is wrong with you? Hey, you're the one that said it. Ugh. All right, before we uh, kick things off, a um, bit of housekeeping notes. Uh, next Sunday is CloverCon, so the crew of Anime Jam Session will be there. We'll be there taking pictures, recording the masquerade, and other cool stuff. So if you see us, we'll take your picture. It's a fun con. I like it. It is. It's one of the smaller cons that I like just because it's one for a good cause mm-hmm. and two it's uh for a good cause. <laughs> yep. All the money from that con for as raised goes right back into the four H club, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm happy about finding that little con. Sometimes little cons are best. Yeah, they've got the best feel for them, and I hope it goes really well, and I hope they grow, and they're able to do it multiple years and have lots of fun. Well, this is... Fifth year? Fourth year? Fifth year. Fifth year. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, before we continue, have you seen the Pokemon Kill a Kill uh, meme? Uh, yes. (laughs) That one was disturbing. <laughs> it's disturbing, but it's funny as hell, though. No, it's just disturbing. Well, the well, the Rowlet does have Mako's expression, you know. It's disturbing. Funny thing about that is, I'm wearing my shirt that says "No Running with Scissors," and it's my Kill a Kill shirt, and I'm rocking some some eyewear, some cat eye, that's red, because themes. So that's yeah, it's disturbing, but. Horribly wonderful at the same time. It is. It most certainly is. 
Alright, we're gonna go ahead and take our first break, and when we get back, we're gonna get down down with the gritty with the news. Yep. Set, so let me turn that off, and we'll be back.
right, uh, let's get down to the nitty-gritty for tonight's show, and holy crap, we're actually doing good time. Let's not fuck that up. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, can I take the first one? I want to take the first one. <sighs> okay. Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. You can take the first one. Yay! Because I know you guys are going to love this one. Oh my god, it's so into our culture and our, our lovely uh, love of, of convention culture, and and if you love independent artists like I do and you want to support your local vendors who sell you anime and weeb merch for all you lovely people out there um anime expo is looking to uh you know do some security and stuff so Mm -hmm. recently in the news anime expo has been looking to have all their vendors and their artists do background checks okay um this includes press, guests of honor, volunteers, and industry. And it doesn't include the attendees. It's for their SPJA Youth Protection Policy. And it's a way to help keep creepers out of conventions. Um, it, it apparently comes with greater risks than rewards. And this is very obvious. Um, to put it simply, if you are not a company or a permanent part of that company, you are subject to a background check. And in addition, you have to pay anywhere from $50 for the check if you've not been screened previously. Now, the the $50 is if you actually go to the FBI and get it done. The system that Anime Expo was having them do was actually like $120. And this was per person. So, <laughs> it gets expensive. And uh, it's going to affect small-scale press, uh, volunteers for AX, volunteers for the vendors that are exhibiting at AX, Artist Alley, freelance industry, panelists, basically everyone who's helping to run or in some capacity be at the convention, um, except for attendees and members. Um, It's really a huge price for small press and a lot of the volunteers and... I know that they recently amended it, saying uh, to the Artist Alley um, Facebook page, basically, I'm a member there because I do Artist Alleys, Mm -hmm. um, that they're covering artists' background checks or they're covering a percentage of it or something to that effect. Um, But basically, the article is going on about how you have to have, like, $100 $100 in the budget on top of hotel and food and getting there, as well as parking if you're commuting and if you're bringing any of your cosplay stuff or you're having a ship there. Like, how are you going to budget for that, one? And two, even if you have the money, it's the principle of the thing. It shows that Anime Expo has no faith in people and that make up 40% of their convention, which is just ridiculous. Um, that's what the article is saying. Uh, I understand the idea of it because it's for the SPJA it's supposed to protect the youth but at the same time it needs to be done in a different way it's already been bad enough for press where there have been numerous miscommunications between press and panel workers and the article writer remembers a couple of years ago when Ifune Inafune held a mighty nine number nine panel and with all the miscommunication regarding front row seat for press they were told there was no press reserve seat. Uh, they actually acknowledged that they had the uh, 
press there. Um, the background check initiative is just going to basically add another wall and it will eliminate, not eliminate the real problem of the creepers. Uh, the reasons for this stated in the article are that 90% of the creepers are attendees. Mm -hmm. And I agree. Uh, personally, uh, you know, if you're not doing a background check on the attendees, anybody's going to come in. They can pay their hard-earned cash or not hard-earned cash, whatever, um, and and just come into the convention. And they're just going to browse. And if they're creepers, uh, they're not going to be paying attention to the law anyway. That's why they're creepers. That's why they creep and explode. I mean, but we're not Minecraft here. Um, but if they're looking to break the law or they're looking to be creepers, they're going to be, and there's not really any way you can stop them if they're attendees, um, except for reporting them. If you see them doing something questionable to a staff member or a security member and having them basically booted from the convention or talked to very, very sternly about their creeperness. Um, they're basically people who buy badges like everyone else. Mm -hmm. And you'll often hear tales of photographers creeping on cosplayers. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're not usually classified under press or industry. Um, Anime Expo apparently stopped handing out press badges to anyone with just a DSLR setup. That's good. Um, you, you have to have like a portfolio and maintain it and actually have news instead of just photos like a blog. Like they're not just handing it out to bloggers anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and most creepers don't have a record. Unfortunately, within our you know culture uh the creeper tales within cosplay usually end up with no one with a face um and they they get the creeper excommunicated but he's not reported so there's no record for this person and there might be a few cases where he's been run into with um underage cosplayers cosplayers who aren't comfortable people who just aren't comfortable maybe the guy's just rubbing some people's personalities the wrong way but if he's not reported to security or staff he's obviously not going to be taken care of properly like he will be maybe booted from the con but he won't be it won't escalate to him being reported to the police um so you can't really screen predators if they don't have paperwork that kind of backgrounds them as a predator one and by the time it escalates to worst case scenario it's going to be too late you'll potentially have wasted people's money on background checks and the whole youth protection program will be viewed as a waste um basically what the article is going on about is how it's going to strain the press volunteers exhibitors and artist relationships and and basically how anime expo is basically screwing themselves and shooting themselves in the foot with this particular initiative um, I have to heartily agree as an artist. Um, I know that they're looking to try and remedy the situation by taking a percentage off, but one, you know, recommending an overpriced one when you can just go to the FBI and get a background check for like 50 bucks. Sorry, not sorry. going to go to the FBI and get that $50 one if I'm going at all. And two, you know, if you're going to have everybody else do it, you have to have a certain standard for your attendees as well. I mean, you can't just. That that's like that that to me is a flaw. But what do you guys think? I will let Makochan speak because I got my own things to say about this. Um, truthfully, if as Ichigo said, if you're not having the attendees looked at too, then there's no freaking point. Most of the issues that we've heard of don't come from you know actual press or the people that are there trying to sell shit because most of the people that are there trying to sell shit the amount of money that they have to put into 
their booth and the merchandise for the booth, they're not going to fuck it up by, you know, fucking with cosplayers. Because that would be a shit ton of money that they're out of then. Yeah, I completely agree with what that that point. So, I mean, this just seems like it's, you know, it, it looks like it's there that they're just trying to do something. It's like, oh, look, you know, we're doing this. Yeah, but that's not helping. You mean like throwing a ball into a bucket that has no bottom? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it, no, it, it it's not. It's like, look, look, we're actually doing something. We heard you. You know, you're having issues. We heard you. Except that they're not taking care of the issues. They're just, you know, trying to make people seem that they're doing something when they're not. They're wasting everybody's money right now. That's all they're doing. Okay. Ranma, you had something to say about this? Okay. I see both sides of this. Number one, when it comes to press, I believe that press should have front row seats to any panel or event, unless otherwise specified. Because not everybody has a good zoom lens camera. Me personally, I'd, I'd rather be in the front or the second or front row taking pictures and someone in the back with the camcorder. Now when it comes yeah. to now when it comes to background checks, I'm not worried. I'll just tell them, um go down to Camp Lejeune and ask my name. Thank you. As for the price, I see why they gave options. Not everybody's gonna wanna go to the FBI for a background check because some people would be like, Well shit, they might find something on me and I will, and I'm, it's not gonna pop positive. So they'd rather go to Somebody else that'll spend more money and kind of slide it under the table, because we, because not for nothing, if they're referring a private service, we all know the SPJA is getting a percentage for each one that they refer to them. I mean, come on, fifty probably to one between fifty and one. I understand through privates could be more expensive, but come on now, don't fuck with me. Um, I believe if you are. A, a vendor, the price of your booth should cover the cost of the um of your background check because they're spending the most money coming in. They have the most to gain out of it. Artist Alley, I believe they should cover at least fifty percent, at least. As for staff or AX staffers. SPJA should cover that. If you're a volunteer, you should pay out of pocket. Press? I don't see the problem in paying out of pocket for that, because think about it. If a badge is 60 bucks, and you're getting a free badge, and you have to spend $50 for a background check, there's your money right there. And I am hoping that this is not. This will be like a one-time event that's already on record. You have a background check done. Not every single year you go for any reason. I don't feel that staff or, uh, attendees should be, but I understand why. 
I, I get it. That's just a S1, S1 hell of a tedious task. And I get, and I understand that a lot of the issues in the fandom of the Creepers on is coming from the attendees. I get that. But there have been some odd cases where it has happened on the other side of, of, of the side of things. It's just, it, it, it ain't gonna work really, you know. It, it seems like it's gonna be, it's gotta be all or nothing, really. Well, also, some of the volunteers actually have to pay dues to um, work with the convention. Yes. So, if they're already paying the dues out of pocket, and then on top of that, you're tacking on another 50 or $120, because mm-hmm. that's the actual system is was like a, over 100 bucks um, to I, get your background check, then that, I think, seems a little unfair. If nothing else, they could work out a deal to have it like half price. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it, it, it just almost seems a lot more like, I, I understand the perks of, press and stuff and I think yeah. that's that's a good a good point but at the same time with the background checks being kind of the the focus it it defeats its own purpose by not background checking everyone who's participating mm-hmm. I understand that there's only so much you can do as far as the attendees are concerned but at the same point you're background checking everyone else and it will help deter and I'm saying deter, right. because it's not going to stop it. Mm-hmm. It's going to deter them, or even stop them from becoming staff or places of authority, right. where it can be a little bit more threatening. But it's not going to stop them from becoming volunteers. It's not going to stop them from becoming... I mean, unless they have, like we were talking about earlier, a record, they're going to be able to get in, they're going to be able to do things in places of authority, and places of volunteer, without being stopped. So really, the biggest message I want to send is, one, you have those instances where you feel creeped on, let someone know. Let anybody know. Um, let a staffer know. Someone of authority know that you are not comfortable with the way the person is maybe making sexual innuendos at you or mm-hmm. sexually harassing you or just harassing you in a way that's inappropriate. Um no matter your age, no matter your sex and your gender preference, anything like that, just make sure that you can make your own convention comfortable for other people. And two, just be aware when you see situations where someone else seems like they're uncomfortable and try to make like a staffer or someone else aware. So that's what I have to say. See, and you're right about that. We're not, we're not going to really eliminate, like eliminate, we'll be able to reduce it. Now, as K-Chan was saying, uh, like the Deadpool cosplayer at Matsuricon going around. A lot of people were saying that he was harassing girls. Well, she was one of his quote-unquote victims. She didn't see that sexual harassment, whereas Deadpool being a goofball. He got kicked out of the con, and everyone at the con wants to have a panel of convention boundaries. Okay. That's I, I, a mileage may vary kind of thing. Yeah. Just because you're okay with him being a goofball doesn't mean that everybody's okay with him being mm. a goofball. And not, but mm-hmm. what they should have said was, you know, I know you're cosplaying as this character who portrays a goofball, but I would rather you did not mess around with me. 
there's a difference between cosplaying a character and being that character. Yes. When I cosplay a character, I know that there are moments when I cannot be Nami from One Piece. I cannot be Rose Quartz from Steven Universe. I have the mental knowledge to disconnect myself from my character in situations where it may not be appropriate for me to approach a stranger in a sexual way or in a funny way because I don't know you. You don't know me. Maybe you were having a bad day that day. Maybe you had uh, your badge stolen and you had to go pay $80 to get it replaced and you don't want to deal with people. And if I'm dressed as Deadpool and I come up and I'm harassing you, well, what if you blow up at me? What if you punch me in the face? And I go, oh my God, you punched me in the face. Well, then I was harassing you. So, I mean, there's really, it's, it's a gray area, but at the same point, like, it it is... It is more so you have to self-manage yourself and understand that people will come off. It will come off as harassment. It doesn't matter who you are. Hell, there could be a five-year-old in the group and you're coming over cursing and throwing around your knives and stuff. And this little five-year-old girl's like, I don't know who you are and you're scaring me. Like, you, you, you have to be a knowledgeable, responsible human being. And you can't just go around because you're in costume. It is not an excuse. I am sorry. That is just my... I will interact with people who are excited about it and stuff like that. People love to come up to me as Rose Quartz and I like to sing with them and, and have fun. But once that instant is over, I become me again. I am cat in costume and that is who I am. But that's just that's just how I am. I understand some people don't get bothered by people being in character full tilt ongoing. But there was an instance actually where um, my friend was dressed as Deathstroke and he was in a convention. Now, if you guys know Deathstroke from the Deadpool series, he is basically his arch nemesis. Mm -hmm. um, and if you know Deathstroke from the costume, you know that peripheral vision in that costume is basically null. <laughs> so <laughs> he had a Deadpool run up behind him in character, <laughs> not harassment, right? With his blade put right up against his neck. Now, for some of you, that might be considered being in character. For some of us, it's, I'm in Baltimore. I can't see out of my peripheral vision. And someone has just put something that feels like a blade to my neck. He almost punched him out. He literally almost pulled back his arm, punched the guy out for being Deadpool. Needless to say, he tried to politely... And by politely, I mean he basically was uh, a bit brunt force with his words uh, to let this Deadpool know that that was not okay. Um, it's better if you want to be a fool in costume to do it with people that you know, people that you know you're not going to offend, and people you know that aren't going to be feeling harassed by you, rather than just doing it to a stranger because you think it's cool. Um, I know that that might be an unpopular opinion, um, and I know that I'm getting a little bit passionate about it, but that's just how I feel about it, and... Voila. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to make a joke, especially mm -hmm. a joke for a picture or something like that, ask the person. Say, hey, you know, do you mind if I get a picture of me holding a fake blade up to your neck? Most people will go, you know what, that'll make a cool picture, sure. Yes. Don't just surprise somebody and have somebody snipe a picture. Because you're truly going to piss off the person that, you know, is in that costume. 
Well, and also, one thing I, I meant to say earlier is that not everybody knows Deadpool. I mean, surprises, not everybody follows, you know, so when you see certain things, you're like, wait, what? Is this supposed to happen? You know. Yeah, just because you know the character doesn't mean that everybody around you is going to know the character. Exactly. It doesn't mean that everybody around you is going to like the character. Mm-hmm. And going to want to participate with shenanigans with that character. Yep. It's like the, uh, the Homestuck Trolls. Yep. I know what the Homestuck Trolls are. I can't stand the Homestuck Trolls when they're acting like trolls. So, And you get that gray body paint on me, I will cut you. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you get you, you have something like that. You have something like that where yes, I know the character, but I'm not a fan of the characterization of those characters. And you portraying the characterization of those characters is not going to endear you to me, especially if you're annoying the fuck out of me. What she said. You know, it and, all it all comes down to having at least a little bit of respect for your convention attendees and convention goers. And, you know, the thing is, a background check isn't going to help with any of that. Nope. <laughs> and I think also one thing is, if, if you're going, if, if, if it's 50 bucks, you know, they're probably not going to have it done in time. Whereas, I guess with the 120, is like a fast pass. They'll be able to check it a lot quicker and get you in and out. It also, Even then, you I know, think I read somewhere that it was like a two-week turnaround. Mm. Yeah, I mean, how many... Like, like, how deep of a background check are we talking about, too? I mean, is it just to see if you have a prior record... Or is it going to be, you know, oh, well, you know, they have credit issues, so maybe they're going to, you know, steal from the convention. We don't want them here. Well, I I read, um, well, actually, no, I was told this secondhand by a friend of a friend of someone who was going to vend at Anime Expo that they were actually going to have you um, within, like, the last five years, you had to have your change of addresses if you traveled anywhere and... Just, like, this really in-depth stuff that I would have never thought. Like, if you've had a postal service, you know, uh, address change, or if you've traveled out of country, um, they they were needing that information, apparently. See, that, that shit doesn't make any sense. There's no reason for anybody to know that stuff. What no. business is it of theirs if I happen to move, or if I happen to move frequently? You know, if if I happen to be an army brat... Yeah, military mm-hmm. brat? Hi, yeah. moved, like, the first ten years of my life. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna have frequent moves. So, I mean, a background check for that kind of crap is absolutely ridiculous. I think what it's coming down to, it's like... I think AX has, like, this high importance of itself. It's like, you're gonna come to our convention because we're Anime Expo. I think that's what they're heading towards. So their brand, basically, Pretty like they're much. they're becoming a a oh we're Anime Expo and we're very uh, specific on who we allow into our convention. So you'll want to come here because we're safe and we're family friendly because we do background checks on everyone. 
That doesn't mean they're family friendly. It just means that, you know, they partnered up with somebody that wants money. True. Mm-hmm. So are we done? I don't, I just, yeah, I, th- I think we're done kicking this dead horse. I think we should reference this for a future podcast when we actually do another um, open, I say, open town hall po- episode, you know? Mm. All right. Well, I think it'll depend on if it, you know, kicks them in the ass or not. Whether it does. Whether I, it, it's all going to depend. If people are saying, "Okay, you know, here's my money. Here's, you know, for my background check," or people are going to go, "Fuck you," you know, I'll vend somewhere else. Well, that's I tell what you, it's going to come down to. I tell you what, if there are people who have vended there previously who have made money hand over fist, they're going to throw down money for the background check. Oh yeah, it's going to be just worth it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean. I think we've touched on all of what we really can without fleshing out this topic more, but I think it would be really cool to d- revisit in a town hall podcast style. So, And as um, Ray Flame Sniper said, that they applied for press yesterday. There was nothing on the application that in- indicated any background check. So. Mm. Okay, uh, moving on. Um, Mako, why don't you take this one since you're a big Dragon Ball fangirl. Okay. So, um, yeah. Seems that the writer for Dragon Ball Evolution apologized to the fans. One of many apologies as well deserving to many fandoms. So, yeah, um... The series creator obviously did not like Dragon Ball Evolution. The hardcore Dragon Ball Z fans did not like Dragon Ball Evolution. The ones that, you know, remember the series because of nostalgia, Mm -hmm. they did not like Dragon Ball Evolution. (laughs) Um, So basically, the screenwriter, Ben Ramsey said this, I knew that it would eventually come down to this one day. Dragon Ball Evolution marked a very painful creative point in my life. To have something with my name on it as the writer be so globally reviled is uh, is gut-wrenching. Uh, to receive hate mail from all over the world is heartbreaking. I spent so many years trying to deflect the blame, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to the written word on page, and I take full responsibility for what was such a disappointment to so many fans. I did the best I could, but at the end of the day, I dropped the Dragon Ball. I went into the project chasing after a big payday, not as a fan of the franchise, but as a businessman taking on an assignment. I've learned that when you go into a creative endeavor without passion, you come out with suboptimal results, and sometimes flat-out garbage. So I'm not blaming anyone for Dragon Ball but myself. As a fanboy of other series, I know what it's like to have something you love and anticipate be so disappointing. To all the Dragon Ball fans out there, I sincerely apologize. I hope I can make it up to you by creating something really cool and entertaining that you will like and that is also something I am passionate about. That's the only work I do now. Best, Ben. Well, 
Marco, what is your honest opinion? Um, hey, he said it. He was looking for a big payday. He's not, you know, a fan of the series, so he was doing whatever the hell he wanted to, and it backfired. And he realizes that he's a fanboy of other series, and if somebody had done something like that, he'd be just as angry. So I, I can't fault him for it. He, you know, flat out said that he fucked up. Yeah. I mean... If you're just looking for a quick pay, but still, even if you're still looking for a quick uh, pay, you should still do some research into what you're doing. I, I, As, I, 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 I well, I, I mean, if you if you look at some of the other stuff that's under, you know, the Dragon Ball quote unquote name, while it isn't necessarily having to do with the series itself. There's a lot of other, you know, alternative crap out there. Some of the live action ones, while not necessarily based off of Dragon Ball, but based off of the story that Dragon Ball itself is based off of, completely screws with everything because it's still using the Dragon Ball characters. And there's I honestly... some really horrible live action shit out there. Yeah, there's really horrible live action stuff, but as much as this was publicized and, and this movie, as soon as it started to come out, I was really excited. I was really excited. I grew up with Dragon Ball Z. I grew up with Dragon Ball. I grew up with Dragon Ball Z GT. I, I grew up with Dragon Ball, basically. And, and it was so disheartening one when i was that young to realize that as soon as they had started to do like to produce the actors and the actors not fitting i know that it's really harsh to say but like a certain aesthetic for the characters and i'm not saying like whitewashing although there was mm -hmm. a little bit of whitewashing with this cast but also um with the way that they were the character design was done and executed it didn't even look like a Dragon Ball Z movie to me. It looked like they had taken... And and honestly, with the way that he's described, yeah, he was just looking for a big payday. Now it, it, it comes full circle. Um, they didn't look at all like I had imagined what the characters were going to look like if they had made them live action. Um, every time I've ever seen a live action done well, it it tends to only be done well on the Japanese side. Like, they, apparently, like, Tension. when we bring it over to America, we're not very good at casting it, we're not very good at setting it up as far as, like, that franchise went. And it just, it disappointed me, because I was hoping for more as a fan, um, but at the same time now, getting that apology, it, it I appreciate it, but it's like a little, it's, it's love law, not lost, you know, it's a little too late. Um, because it's already done. If nothing else, if they could have had him have a team of at least some people that were savvy <laughs> on the on at least even just the lore <laughs> of Dragon Ball Z, it would have been so much better. Yeah, that just seems to be 
what's going on now. People trying to make money and not caring what, you know, what the story is going to be like, what the fans are going to think. It's like, oh, it's, you know, it's being done for another generation. So we don't really have to cater to the original fans. In a sense, (laughs) yes, you do. I mean, no, you don't have to make it exact, but, you know, if you don't have something in there to bring in the original fan base, you know, they're the ones that are paying for their kids to go see this shit. Yeah, we're raising the next generation of little geeks that are getting into these shows and these franchises, and when they change it, and we go, oh, this wasn't at all, like, how it was when I grew up, like, when they did, and I see people talking about the gem in the chat, and I was so sad, oh my god, my heart, like, bled for Jem um, with the new remake of the movie and how they basically made it like a coming of age teeny bopper sea flick about a girl who leaves her friends and like does all this stuff when that was definitely not at all what Synergy was about, what the holograms were about, what the Misfits were about. Oh my God, had they done something awesome with the Misfits? Holy crap, it would have been such a better franchise, but it just disappoints me. What they've been doing a lot with... uh, with those franchises, trying to update them. I mean, okay, so the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the 1980s, they weren't the prettiest, you know, special effects makeup, okay? They looked a little, you know, like soft and fluffy and squishy and, I don't know, uh, age-spotted, but they were turtles. Nowadays, these turtles that they have look a little bit like aliens and they're a little terrifying, and as a child, I don't think I'd be into that. Um, but I'm sure that they're still popular because you see all the stuff around. But I really, I know as a culture, I feel like they still need to cater to their older. I, I totally agree with you, Maka-chan. I mean, you have to bring in something. I wasn't a fan of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic when it first came out. And everybody's like, oh, no, it's a great show. It's a great show. I, you know, I never got the the excitement from it that everybody else did. Um, I finally started watching it when Cute. John Delancey came on. Because I am a total Q fangirl. And basically Discord is My Little Pony's version of Q. So that's when I started watching. And then I went back and rewatched it and realized that it wasn't the series itself that I didn't like. It was some of the characters I didn't like because, you know, going back and watching some of the original series, all of the characters, while they were sort of one dimensional and, you know, that's what you kind of get in the eighties kids TV back then. They weren't as outlandish as some of the characters that are on the series now. The series now, most of the characters have, you know, one set of who they are. You know, one's loyalty and one's generosity and one's, you know, one's kindness and whatever and one's laughter and honesty and you know all of that and it's like they are so not not necessarily one-dimensional but 
they embody so much of what that element is that they lose everything else. So trying to actually watch this and find enjoyment from it is very difficult sometimes, depending on which character is actually, you know, the main character for that episode. Yeah, the the story that they're building. Yeah, I, fa- I found that too. Um, especially when it came to, yeah, the central ponies, the earth ponies. Um, I really, I didn't get into it until, until Discord came on either. So I, <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Okay, so I, yeah, coming in, you know, and having watched, you know, Strawberry Shortcake and and the 80s Ponies, I I kind of expected more. But at the same time, with a lot of the ways that they've been washing a lot of the cartoons to make them more kid palatable now, I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It 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 does make them so one-dimensional. They lose any other chance to develop anything else about themselves because... I think that the creators are just so focused on trying to get the plot across that maybe they're just like forcing the characters to fit these certain molds rather than letting the characters kind of build the story. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a little disappointing um, because it is a little hard to watch. I actually have to be watching it when I'm doing something mindless because if not, then and I pay too much attention, I, it it hurts to watch sometimes. Yeah, like, I just caught up on the last two weeks of My Little Pony, and the first episode, Trixie's back into it, and I'm like, okay, well, here's, you know, a brand new pony, and a pony that has done nothing but completely terrorize the other ones, and, you know, they're the central characters, and I'm like, this is boring, you know, I I don't care about them i want to see the main characters or it's like a trope that's been played out yeah and then the next one is rainbow dash centric and i really don't like rainbow dash so there it is and it's like oh everything she's learned in the past you know five seasons she's completely forgotten she's completely arrogant again you know she has absolutely no loyalty for anybody and then has to relearn her lesson about loyalty i'm like is that really what kids shows have turned into yes is that all of these characters completely forget everything they learn every week just to go back to what they were just to relearn the same freaking lessons over and over and over again because a lot of today's children have short attention spans now upon uh, finding out about the found the finding out about the apology, this is what I hear from the uh, Dragon Ball fandom. Thank you. Now, I was one of the few people who sort of uh, defended Dragon Ball Evolution because when I hear Evolution. I knew automatically that it was not going to be the, like the original. It's going to be an adaptation. Yes, I liked and I hated the movie at the same time. I liked what they tried, how they tried to go with it, but I hate how it was poorly implemented. Now, as I for, have wait, yet wait, to see the movie. Well, you ain't missing much, I tell you that. That is why I have yet to see the movie. But. As for 
gem, Transformers, and My Little Pony, and everything, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I, I'm guilty of, of you know, foaming at the mouth about how it's not like the original, and I kept ignoring the aspect of it's not supposed to be the origin, like the original. Like, for example, on a side note, when I was watching uh, Monday Night Raw, I'm I'm expecting the storylines to be so predictable of the main char- main characters in the rosters throughout the storylines. No, I'm being surprised by by the new by the new blood of wrestlers that are coming in and how the storylines are going. And I'm just like, okay, you got me for three hours to see how this plays out. The same can be said about these reboots. Yes, we bitched about TMNT. It was not meant for us. It was meant for the new generation coming in because some of today's kids are not going to sit there and have the attention span to watch the original cartoon when they'll sit there and watch the newer one because it fits them. I mean, hell, I actually watched an episode of Powerpuff Girls, the new one. The jury is still out. I'm probably going to know my decision after I watch two more episodes if I'm going to follow this or say, fuck this shit, I'm out. The thing is, they're not going to cater to the older audience. They're going to cater to the majority of the audience as possible. I mean, hell, look at what Nintendo did with the Wii. They kind of went away from the hardcore gamer. They went for the casual gamer. And everyone said, oh, it's a gimmick. It's not going to sell. The Wii U of that generation is the highest selling, most profitable console of that generation. And Sony and Microsoft jumped on that and wanted a piece of that pie. For something that was for casually for everybody, everybody wanted a piece of it. Now, I don't like how things get rebooted, you know, but it, 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 it happens. It happens. As K-Chan says, animation is always evolving. Just look at the history of some old animes like Pokemon, Digimon, and Sailor Moon. You can tell how much it's changed. It has to get better to draw in the younger generation. And that's pretty much what we're going after. I animation mean, but, style itself but, is one thing. You know, let, me fin- let, me, let me finish. Now, the whole thing, I know everyone has the issues about Ghost in the Shell and the whitewashing and stuff like that. Look, Hollywood's going to whitewash all they fucking want. Because you know what? Most people in Hollywood give zero fucks about the lore. They give zero fucks about the background stories. They give zero fucks about everything that makes the series what it is. They're going to do what they can. They get big names in. They get everybody to watch it. That's what they're going for. Am I a fan of it? No, not really. I mean, I understand why they're doing it with Ghosts in the Shell. Because it is not... It's not a brand that everybody knows. God forbid. Trust me. If Ghost in the Shell was was a series that everybody knew, like Spider-Man or Superman, oh, believe you me, this type of fuckery would not be going on. But if you want to play, if you want to play close to the original story, you can do that. I mean, look at the upcoming World of Warcraft movie. Far as I can tell, that is close as the origin, as as it's supposed to be, because Blizzard has a hand in it, and sometimes when you have people who are fans of series working on something, they get a little bit too into it, and you gotta be like, roll it back some, roll it back some, you know. 
I don't know. There are plenty of anime Mm -hmm. in Japan that have been running for years with very little content change. Because they know that the next generation is just going to start watching it. Case in point, Pokemon. It's the same main character. He's going through the exact same thing every single season. Nothing but, you know, the animation has changed. The storyline is still the same. The animation... That's right. The animation (laughs) has somewhat changed. Oh, the animation has changed a lot, but that's just because it's been running for so long and animation techniques have changed. Mm -hmm. The storyline itself has stayed the same. Mm. He catches, you know, he he has to go and get a brand new Pokemon, then he catches the other Pokemon, and, you know, he's got a full team, and he's battling Team Rocket, and he's trying to become a Pokemon Master, and fails. But that's the core storyline. You really can't fuck with the core storyline. You know, the real storyline, though, guys, is that his clothes change. Mm. <laughs> now he's getting ready to go to Hawaii now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that that's my point, is, you know, for the most part, the core storyline of Pokemon has stayed the same. The core characters of Pokemon, and I mean the core, meaning Ash and Pikachu, has stayed the same. So why is it that American animated things like this have to continuously change just to bring in a new generation? Because of whose hand is in the pot. I mean, if you notice, Pokemon USA is handling all this shit. If you if let's say if it was Warner or Disney somebody had their hand in it, there would be some slightly different things. Well what I'm saying is what culturally makes a difference. Mm. There have been anime over in Japan that are still running from the eighties, from the seventies, and still going strong. And it's still going strong because Parents are, you know, they know what the content is going to be, and they sit their kids down in front of it and go, "This was great." It's it that it's, that's what I'm saying is here we are in America, and our generation can't do that because our generation's crap that is being reinvented is being reinvented so much, and so much has changed that we can't say for certain that you know this is the same because like, most of the time it's not. Like Scooby-Doo. Honestly, I think the biggest reason, and and I'm just going to make this quick, mm-hmm. is is one, as K-Chan is saying in his chat, is competition, but also more so just being the newest, being the most evolved. Um, the one reason that a few of them were being rebooted, especially like Sailor Moon, they were trying to reboot it to be closer to the manga mm-hmm. um, and ended up getting a lot of flack for changing the art style. Um, I personally still like the 90s style a little bit better art-wise, but I know that it's a little it's a little derpy, but it had its like charm. Um, so I think a lot of it is just that America is so... And the world is just evolving so fast with social media. You can see the hottest new thing. Like, my friend can post immediately and I can get that as a text message or whatever. So when you have that fast access to that much media and that much change and that much evolution of, of, of networks and, and uh, cartoons and stuff like that, it, it's, 
oh my god, I have to show the newest. I have to be the coolest because it's it's a status symbol in 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 the short of that. It's it's a status thing. It being on top of the newest thing makes us number one. When in all honesty, the United States is just like everybody else. Um, so it's it's true that there's a lot of shows that are still from the 80s running in Japan, but I think a lot of that also has to do with the lack of availability for animators and stuff for jobs, because I know there's been a bit of a lack of people coming into the trade and stuff like that, and they've been losing a few of their artists and things like that. Um, they've got an overabundance of artists. They do, but unfortunately with the way, um, they, there was an article a while ago, I think we talked about, where an American artist went to try and break mm -hmm. into the animation community over there, and the hours and how everything, how they work. So, I think a lot of it is just that they they are happy to stick to the classical way of doing things, and even if the new stuff comes up, it's something for them to enjoy, but they're not as rabid about it as American fans. American fans want the newest, shiniest, brightest Dragon Ball collection, you know. Um, and it it can actually be negatively effective. Uh, personally, I'm probably going to raise my kids when I have kids on the stuff that I grew up on. Um, I'm not going to say that that's like the best. I'm not going to limit that them to that but I'm going to show them that first and then I'm going to let them kind of build their own opinion about things um, but personally I still like the old school stuff um, having grown up with it and being able to watch Bugs Bunny cross dress like mm -hmm. that was something I'm going to remember and not letting my kids be able to see that because of all the censorship and stuff that's going on with the media now it, it makes me sad so that's my two cents And uh, my and don't forget the fact that you know a, a lot of a lot of us in the fandoms aren't um how you say they're not um doing what what um Ichigo is saying. They grew up on this stuff, and when they have kids, they're not really showing them. I mean, I would be the one, you know, I like. I have stuff that I grew up with in my collection, like Voltron. I would love to get Centurions and a few other series, and when I have kids, I will show them, like, this is the stuff that your old man grew up on. This is the shows that he got up at 6 o'clock in the morning to watch. And if you like it, here it is. If not, it's cool. I'll deduct your allowance, but it's cool. <laughs> Disliking tax, Ranma? Yes. So you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just... There's so many shows out there now that have absolutely no substance to them. Yeah. I mean, like... We can we go into, like... I'm just saying, like... You got, like, Adventure Time... Steven Universe... All these other shows... Teen Titan goes... I will sit there and I'll bitch how some of these shows are shitty and it's crap... But a couple of them I'll watch and I'll probably, I may just argue tooth and nail how awesome it is and vice versa, you know. People have said to me, you should watch Adventure Time. I gave it a couple of tries. I don't like it. I think it's crap. Meanwhile, I'll sit there and watch Steven Universe because it has one hell of a storyline. I know people who do not like Steven Universe. I'm just like, well, you know, hey, 
you lucked out? Steven Universe took me a long mm-hmm. time to get into. Because unless it was a plot episode, it was a stupid episode. It was a filler episode, basically. Mm. I mean, the plot-heavy episodes for that are really good and very deep. The other episodes that aren't plot-heavy are very, 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 very fluffy. Mm. Like, you (laughs) you can tell that it has absolutely nothing to do with the series. They're just slapping something together just so that they have a certain number of episodes. I, I can definitely see that, honestly. Um, I I actually, I know, I love stupid humor sometimes. When it's, it's, when it has, like, a weird story. Like, I enjoyed Adventure Time, I won't lie. Mm-hmm. There was just something strange and so morbid about the story. And it was so funny at the same time. I'm into morbid and humor, so I liked Parasite. I liked, you know, those kind of shows. So, Adventure Time kind of fit for me, um... And then I enjoyed Steven Universe again. The fluff, you know, isn't as as fun to watch. But with the um, other episodes and the story building and the characters with their depth, um, there are some redeeming qualities to new age animation and evolution of animation. The ability for indie studios to get their start by YouTube or by um, doing something as a project in their school. I know with Over the Garden Wall, that was something that had been worked on as the college project um, of the animator years before it had even looked been looked at by Cartoon Network executives. So the ability for it to evolve so quickly um, is so such a blessing, but also kind of a curse to me. Um, because there's such a need for it, there's so much of a deadline, there's a little bit of a lack of effort in finishing details, and then also with the fact that... To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on vognetwork.com, use the passphrase SHAPE. It has to be done by a deadline, so it's a much more rushed job. When Back in the day, when the animation took a little longer, it was able to be more thought out, I think, and a little bit more thorough. I mean, there was, of course, still vapid things. We Every era is going to have vapid storylines and vapid characters. It's just a trope. Um, like Naru from Sailor Moon. Basically. <laughs> um, but... I mean, in all honesty, I think that animation could take from the past and make it better without changing it so harshly. Um, Or develop completely new storylines. Everybody thinks that all the storylines have been taken, but I don't think so. I think that there are ways to create new stories. it, it it, it, It depends. I mean... Sometimes you can only tell one one story oh so many times for the people get pissed off like Tenchi Muyo, okay? That's that's a road <laughs> we're not going to go down tonight. But now I wouldn't mind seeing some of the old school cartoons from the 60s and the 70s and 80s come back as a modern take or same how it is but new animation techniques. I wouldn't mind that. Now when it comes to like stuff like um See, we just saw it in the chat room at live.vibnetwork.com. Uh, Dr. Tetsuya was talking about a regular show. Personally, I don't like regular show. It's not my cup of tea. Meanwhile, I can sit there and watch the, the wonderful world of Gumball like it's nobody else's fucking business because I can kind of relate to that shit growing up. But, you know, to each his own. 
And I, I think we've kind of beaten this topic pretty badly between you two ladies. I think we're going to have to cut some story, some articles out for tonight. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, let's just cover this real quick. Let's skip the next one and let Mako-chan have the one after that or something like that. Um, okay, what one are we going for? Uh, we're gonna uh, we'll talk about briefly talk about Power Rangers. We'll skip Bleach. Let you talk about uh, Future Trunks, and then we'll, okay, and we'll talk about the whole the whole voice acting thing. Okay. Yeah. Now I heard. Um. Like, hmm? Okay. What? What? No, I'm good. I just had to open the thing. Now, quickly before we get into this story, um, I said that uh, Ribby, or Ruby, however you call it, is trash. I didn't like the animation. I think it's trash. And Kei-chan uh, was arguing with me about it, and she's like, I'll tell you what is trash, Nico. And I'm just like, yeah, Nico is trash. That, that, that's nothing new. But anywho, we covered this previously on, on a couple of past episodes about a reboot of Mount Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Not the entire series, but just a movie. So, my first thought is, well, you had Power Rangers the movie and Turbo. I get, they're pretty much going to do it sort of like compact, I guess, the fir- first 40-something episodes into a two, two-and-a-half-hour flick. So, okay. Cool. So, they started... They've already got the casting go. Cool. They've revealed... Um, Rita Repulsa looks like Poison Ivy. Fine. Whatever. They release what the suits look like. I guess they're the Mighty Morphin Iron Man, I guess. They actually kind of look like ectoskeletons, like bugs. Uh, A friend of mine on Facebook put it best. He pretty much said it's Giver uniforms. Yeah. Again, this goes back to what we talked about in the last article. This is not the Power Rangers we grew up with. This is supposed to be, I guess, a grittier version of Power Rangers for today's generation that's coming in. Okay. I get that. But there is one problem with that. Saban is still bringing over the Super Sentai series. It's still being shown on Nickelodeon. All the Sentai suits from past to present does not look like this. The future Ranger suits will not look like this. I can understand if this was still metallic and it still had like a throwback to what the original suits look like. Fine. This, not so much. I think they overpaid Tony Stark. Yeah, they each have glowing little things on their chest too. Mm-hmm. I think 
costume wise, people are looking at this, you know, and going, oh, well, the superhero movies are doing really good. And most of those superheroes are of armor. So, you know, let's put armor on what should be teenagers. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the outfits. Neither am I. I, I. I'm just... It doesn't look like something that you would be able to comfortably do martial arts in. No. I'm not saying, you know, battling and all of that because, you know, armor, that's great. But the whole, you know, premise of Power Rangers were that you know, they were doing martial arts moves. They were kicking ass physically, not just with powers. Mm-hmm. And Most, this doesn't look like you would be able to do that. Every single iteration of any Power Rangers series, 99% of the battles were hand were, were hand were, were hand fighting, you know? Yes, they, they used their weapons here, but it was mostly, you know, fists and feet, you know? Even in their suits. I just love that they're saying that this Power Rangers movie is also being whitewashed because Rita Repulsa is not an Asian. Um, I just I, I want to you know wrap my hands around these people's necks um, and go. Do you realize that the series that came over here was whitewashed, and that none of them are supposed to be white? And let's not forget the fact that. When they extended the series with Rita, I believe they got Machiko Sora for a little bit, and then they got a Hispanic woman to finish playing out her roles. Okay? God, what the fuck is wrong with these people? I mean, this is a true Americanized version. Mm Mm-hmm. Using nothing from the Japanese version. Yes. What was brought over here was Japanese footage with the American live action, you know, people not in costume. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you want to talk about whitewashing movie, you might as well go back to when this first came out in the United States. Cause if you want to, if you really want to be talking about whitewashing, that was whitewashing. Mm hmm. See, like, this this is what I'm talking about. When something changes so freaking much that the only thing that is the same is the name of the series and the character names. Anyway. Moving on. Future Trunks. So, for anybody that has uh, been keeping up with Dragon Ball Super, which I have not, I'm waiting for, you know, the series to be put out more so I can just marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, it was revealed on Monday that the series will begin an arc with Future Trunks. Um, so, yeah... There's the God of Destruction, Kampa, which uh, the ch- uh, that's arc is ending in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the next arc will be bringing in future trunks again. So um, it asks, why, uh, why has Future Trunks returned to the present again after defeating Cell and attaining peace? And who will be the future's new enemy? So, yeah, Toriyama teased in a comment that the new enemy will be called Goku Black. My guess is they're changing so much crap in the present, which is changing so much crap in the future... Mm -hmm. That it's just going to be an entirely big and huge clusterfuck. It's sort of like when we was watching the X Men cartoon, and every time uh, Cable and Wol was dealing with Wolverine, he kept going back in time, and shit kept changing. You know. Mm. Well, I I'm not. But yeah, I I think it'll be interesting to see him pop back in and find out what's going on. But. I don't, I don't know if there's just been so much time now that has gone by that it's just not going to make it awkward. I don't know. I, I think what it's going to be like, it's, it's going to be like this. Well, when they're going to ask him why he's back, he's probably going to tell them what, what they did in the past. It didn't really work. Yes, Cell is no more, but when Trunks went back to the future some more shit happened that changed everything. Well, yeah, because they're, I mean, they're changing everything. Mm -hmm. That's thats the whole point of what they've been trying to do was change the future. Great Scott Trunks! <laughs> God, okay. Alright, um... Ichigo, last article, then we're, then we're moving into the open forum topic right after this. So, interesting uh, subject matter. Um, an anime talent agency explicitly rejected a voice act actress applicant who has appeared in pornography. Mm. So... For those of you who know the Tokyo um, and anime scene as far as voice actors over in Japan, um, they're very conservative with who they work with. Um, even just having used drugs gets you kind of blacklisted. I know mm -hmm. we talked about that in a show a few weeks ago. Yep. Um, and ads for Tokyo auditions let would-be anime stars know that they won't be working in a booth if they've previously done work with their clothes off. Um, it used to be a job that afforded one a pretty high level of privacy and anonymity. Increasingly, though, it has really succeeded in the industry of Japanese voice actors, and um, they've been able to make themselves accessible to the fan community through video messages, public appearances, social media, and basically have a more physical presence with their fans and promote their personal brand. Um, while it Anime itself is famously comfortable with sexualized content. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean the same acceptance extends to the individuals voicing its characters. Similar to situations for idol singers, the most extreme block of anime fandom, which also provides an immense amount of industry's financial support, often wants to believe that its favorite voice actresses are living chaste lives devoted solely to perfecting their craft and pleasing their fans. Um, if you know a lot about idol culture, uh, it's all about being very conservative and basically being this very kind of naive, innocent, and virgin being that your fans can basically idolize. 
Um, so recently, e- Emmy Nita, the voice of Love Live protagonist Honoka, has been dogged by rumors that she appeared in an adult video prior to being cast in the tremendously popular anime franchise. While her mm-hmm. talent agency vehemently denies that she did any such thing, the situation has served as a reminder about how quickly the infatuation of a most obsessive and lucrative portion of a voice actress's fan base can vanish. Um, basically, her company is taking a preemptive action to avoid all the fans basically leaving. And uh, with a company, the talent agency Walkur. But things like Walkure is looking to sign up a new crop of voice and vocal performers that are looking uh, to put them working in anime, video games, idol, and pachinko machine sectors. It's holding auditions in Tokyo on May 14th. Um, the event information, however, has conditions that applicants have to meet, and provisions are both legal and practical. Um, they must not be currently under contract with a competing agency. They must be willing to relocate or commute to Tokyo. And um, they also include the, we reserve the right to reject applicants involved in illegal activities or have been engaged in adult videos or modeling. Um, it's especially noteworthy um, that it basically shuts the talent agency's door to anyone currently breaking the law. There's no chance for redemption if you've already been part of the adult business, basically. Um, it's very fans that they're trying to avoid upsetting aren't really understood for their forgiving nature. So the fact that the company is trying to have this ban on that is basically to try and keep that loss of fandom to a minimum. So you will probably not be chosen if you audition. And it's sad, but I am not knowing the, the anime culture over there and, and the strictness that they have a lot of their idols and their, their, even their celebrities follow. It's Mm -hmm. not a surprise to me at all. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, voice actress from love live um, it's gotten very, very bad. Yeah, because I actually, I, I really didn't know too, too much about this because someone had shared on my personal Facebook. It seems that someone took pictures of her performing on stage, actually matched her doing a Love Live Japanese adult video. And I'm just like, Christ on a stick. Yeah, she's... I mean, when you get into the fandoms like that, um, their popularity, their fans are what, you know, basically has them making their money. So when somebody does something like that and completely, you know, completely makes the fandom hate them, Mm -hmm. they've lost everything after that. I mean, she's gotten threats mm-hmm. from fans over what's going on because of everything that's going on. Um, y- you know, she she's how ha- ha- how do you go about something like this and wonder if you can even go to a fan event if your fans are going to you know, do crap to you because of stupid crap like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when fans take 
take this stuff so seriously, it gets really, really scary. And it's not just, you know, one or two fans. It's the majority of the fans that are looking at this like, you know, like she's betrayed them. It's basically almost like a cult. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, in American culture, you don't see it as much. It's not as prevalent and it's not as accepted for the kind of fan culture um, that Japan has for some of its idol and some of its like different voice actors and actresses and actors and actresses and idols over there. It's so intense. They get death threats. They get offers of marriage from men they've never met. They get all these things that are just on a normal day. If someone comes up to you in the street, it, it's creepy. But in, in Japan, there's such a group kind of amoebic, like mind hive mind that this is what fandom is. You can't be a true fan unless you're dedicating like your life and all your monetary value and all this other stuff to this character. And there are some people, like there are huge groups of people over there that take it way, way much, much farther than than a lot of American fandoms take it. That's that's all I gotta say about it. I just hope that she makes it out. Hopefully, on top still, but. Uh, I, I I don't know at this point. So, mm. I mean, we've talked about this stuff in the past, how freaky it is, but god damn. All right. Enough about that. We're going to go hang on to the open forum topic. And due to time constraints, no Skype, uh, no Skype line, um, tonight, uh, due to time. But, um, we're going to go into the open forum topic, where we post a question about a topic in, in the fandoms. If you don't want to use your real name, put a different name before you post your answer. And we ask that you keep it civil as well. And for some reason, the audio just happened to stop in Winamp. How nice. Anywho, we're going to go ahead and ask that question. Background checks. Should conventions run background checks on vendors, staffers, and guests? Oh, man. And here are the answers that we got. Kay Chan says that she agrees that, uh, that should seeing that some cons she goes to, there are minors, and she has a few friends that are minors. If by law a person can't be around kids, he can't work the con. I don't want to take it all back to one voice actor who messed up everything. Yeah. Yeah, I believe there's some convention out there where I've heard rumors that the con chair was a convicted sex offender. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kelly says she is for this. Seriously, people who are paying to go to a con shouldn't have to take a risk. And if you're going to hire someone, accept a volunteer, then you should probably make sure they don't have a serious criminal history. Like, unless you're sweating a drug possession. Okay. And Serenity4188 agrees. Um, personally, I feel, actually, I, if you're just tuning in, I just feel, you know, I'm all for background checks, but you just can't background check, like, people, attendees and stuff, like, you know, but everything else, yeah, I'm for background checks, because you never know. Ladies? I think we have already beat this dead horse. Yes. Can you summarize in a sentence? 
I think you either need to background check everybody or nobody. There is no middle Agreed. Ground. Okay. Agreed. And now that we got that out the way. It's time for interesting news from Japan. And Mako... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hoposai, you're needed in the, uh, the sound booth. What a hole! What a hole! God. I hope they're clean. Well, let's find out. Now, let's... And as we do the strange news from Japan, let's all play the game of employed or unemployed. Before we go into the article, employed or unemployed? I vote. Totally employed. I say unemployed. Maka? I know, I can't put it in. Sorry. Okay. So we have one for each. Police in Kawasaki, Kanagawa Prefecture have arrested a 31 year old company employee. Ding, 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 ding. Ichigo gets a Yay. point. On suspicion of stealing women's underwear. According to the police, the suspect, Tomohiro Hanma, has initially been charged with stealing 12 items of women's underwear in January from the first floor balcony of an apartment in Takatsu Ward, where they've been drying on a clothesline. Hanma has admitted stealing women's underwear at least on 50 occasions. A search of his apartment turned up more than 200 stolen bras and panties. Police said that Hanma told that he got sexually excited by women's underwear. Don't we all? There are clubs and events for that, my friend. <laughs> yes, well, Japan has vending machines for that. Do they still? They do. But they're gross. Mm. Yeah, they have vending machines with used underwear. That's what I'm saying. Do they still? Yeah. Wow. They have vending machines for everything. I know. Everything. Alright. Who wants to take the next one? I think it's I... got your name all over it. I just read the first Oh wait, sorry. It's got Mako-chan's name on it. Yeah, I'll do this one. So, um... Yeah, it seems that an adult magazine was a little too clever for its own good and the cover actually tricks old Japanese men into stealing it. <sighs> yeah. Um, so, basically what it is is that the clerks have been complaining because elderly gentlemen have been walking over to the racks of the porno magazines picking a very specific one up and walking away with it. While ordinarily this would be an open and shut case of shoplifting, um, unfortunately because of what's written on the cover, it's not necessarily so. So while the cover does have, you know, big-breasted women in a variety of poses and outfits, there is a section of text on the cover that says, Goijiu ni omochikari kudosai, which basically means, please feel free to take us home. 
Um, it can also be translated, especially on something that is an inanimate object, of please take this, it's free. <laughs> um, the saying is usually written next to or on stacks of complimentary pamphlets at museums and exhibitions. As a matter of fact, it's such a common phrase that the cover designers were likely trying for a bit of wordplay, though they probably didn't expect anyone to take it so literally. Um, and unfortunately, that's not the only part that's open to interpretation. Mm. There's one part that says, Oji-san ga yaritai yu ni hamate iyo, which means you can put it wherever you like, big guy. With Oji-san literally meaning uncle, it can also be, you know, a general term to describe older men. So, basically, these older guys were seeing this and not necessarily looking at the price, because the price is still on there, and printed, you know, quite clearly. They just saw the, please take me home, and we're taking it. Hmm. So, yeah. A little happy shoplifting. I got nothing. <laughs> happy shoplifting indeed. Yes, very happy. Alright, let's go to the last one. Um... Employed or unemployed? I'm sticking with unemployed. Ichigo? Employed. Alright, go for it. Man arrested for robbing convenience store with a model gun. Odawara. Police in Odawara, Kanagawa Prefecture on Friday arrested an unemployed... Dang it! 57-year-old man on suspicion of robbing a convenience store with a model gun. According to police... Rio Yuhara, who has no fixed address, entered a Family Mart store around 3 a.m. on Friday, Fuji TV reported. The man brandished what police said was a model gun and demanded money. The convenience store employee handed over about 40,000 yen from the cash register and the man fled. Police said that they received a call about two hours later saying that there was a man with a gun outside JR Nebukawa uh, Station and about seven kilometers away from the convenience store, Yuhara was taken into custody. Police said he had in possession his model gun. He was quoted by police as saying he was desperate for money. Dang. Hmm. Well, Rama, you won that round. Yeah. I guess I'll we'll have a tiebreaker next week. Yep. Mm. All right. It's late. We ran really late, but it was for a legitimate reason. I'm not complaining. We had some really good conversations going here. We had some good um, banter going back and forth. But, um, yeah, definitely. If, I mean, if that happens next week, I'll have to cut down on the articles so we can really get deep into things. So Deep into things. Uh, Delve into passionate debates. I don't know. 
I, I that, get very excited about things. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds very, very bad, though. It, it, <laughs> Mako-chan! Let's Not delve that deep. Anyway. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Is... Hi, my name's Ichigo, and I'm five. <laughs> And putting you next to Mako-chan, who is six, that 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 doesn't help. Nope. And you're the adult here. Again, I I, I was drunk when this happened, so you can't blame me. <laughs> That's not an excuse. <laughs> See, the sad part is, I could picture the both of you as chibis, and Mako-chan is grabbing you by the hand. Come here, we're gonna go do some stuff, and nothing good can come of that. Only fire cats. To Mako-chan, that's her lighting a cat on fire. Yep. Sounds like a good afternoon to me. Oh. Pussy fire or what? <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. We'll be back.
I don't know if y'all have noticed, but people are already making plushies of the new starter Pokemon. Not surprised. I, I, I can't. I wasn't expecting anything this fast. The fandoms run fast. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, e- even the uh, ML, the the My Little Pony fandom. You've got an episode that comes out, and then whatever new characters in that episode, people have got plushies for already. True, but I, I guess now that social media is really a big thing, and it makes it a lot quicker between Facebook and Twitter and Tum. I, I, you know, I guess with each fandom that comes through, the social media interaction gets bigger and better, and allows this stuff to happen at a lot faster pace. It's also marketing. The merchant who gets it out faster, even if it's a fan merchant, the person who gets the quickest cosplay out, the person who gets the quickest merchandise out for that specific character, even if it's just um, concept pictures, concept art, you're going to be the number, the first. You're going to be the one people think of when they think of the the first merchandise or the first cosplayer of that particular character. So it, it does pay to be first on the scene. That's all I gotta say. Is, uh, so, anywho, if you like what you heard, tell a friend. They in turn tell another friend, and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So if you have any questions, ideas, thoughts, suggestions, praises, flames, trains, automobiles, all that good stuff, you can send that over to podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that's podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. Check out our website at AnimeJamSession.com where I believe our late our Zenkaicon convention report is up. And I hopefully later this week our Castle Point anime convention report will be up as well. Um, along with all of our podcasts. If you have trouble accessing our podcast from our website, you can find us on Podcast Alley, iTunes, Stitcher, Miro, Double Twist, Blueberry, Groove, TuneIn Radio, and Google Play. Check out our YouTube page at youtube.com slash anime jam session TV. Well, we try to have all of our convention videos up. I have to deal with a few of those. Sorry about that. So definitely check that out for uh, convention coverage, convention videos, interviews, and all that cool stuff. If you want to interact with us on YouTube, see what videos that we like and stuff that we may upload, you can check me out at youtube.com slash DJVonMS. Ari, I mean, I'm sorry. Mako-chan is over at Jupluna. And you can find Ichigo over at Ichigogami. Twitter.com slash Anime Jam Session. Follow us here for our latest updates on our website. Um, articles, photos, videos, uh, conventions that we're going to and all that cool stuff. So definitely check that out. If you want to interact with us on Twitter, you can find me at Twitter.com slash S. Mako-chan's over at Jovidea. And Ichigo's over at Ichigogami. And Facebook.com slash Anime Jam Session. To everybody who has liked our page, our articles and everything... Thank you so much for your support. We're going to keep bringing you more content as, as to the best of our abilities. If you want to interact with us on Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com slash imdjronmess or that djronmess guy. You can find Mako-chan over at Makoto, Mako-chan Kino. And you can find Ichigo over at Ichigogami. 
And we're not the only uh, podcast on the VOD network. There are some other geek podcasts on the network, too. So you definitely want to check out the Starboard Power Coupling Podcast, The Geek Card, Bobby Blackwolf Show, Orange Knowledge Radio, Critical Myth, British Invaders, Pod Culture, Electric Sisterhood, Girls Gone Wow, Ranger Pride, Game Buoy, and Guys on a Show. And now we'll go around the room and do last words. Start with Ichigo. Last words, Ichigo. Well, thanks for having me again this week. I know I got a little passionate in some parts, but that's always fun. It's always good to get in debates and stuff about our culture. Um, So I uh, am excited for seeing you guys next week. uh, And I am excited for the rest of this week. I've got to get back to sewing. So let me just go sew my hand through the machine. Let me crack that that whip. Yar! last words um um i'm actually looking on ebay to see what others have been selling uh certain tenchi muyo merchandise for Hmm. and i found tenchi and i found aika and nobody's really buying them for any price that's up because some of them want over $100 and some of them want as low as $45. Um, I can't find the Ryoko doll at all. So I'm wondering if that's rarer or if she's just like so overblown in the system that they're just not registering her on here. Have you checked? Not that I'm gonna, not that I'm gonna sell them. I just want to see, you know, what the price of them would be. Have you? But, che- have you checked Amazon? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, they're out of print. Hmm. The ones that I have. Yeah. They are the Toonami Pioneer, um, American Tenchi Muyo posable figures. Um, I found Tenchi and Aika very, very easily on eBay. I can't find the Ryoko doll at all. But did you try Amazon? Um, not yet. But I can't even find a picture of her doll on Google. What? Yeah. Good luck with that. Um, I think I just found one. Well, there are plenty of Ryoko figures. I'm looking for a very specific one. I found it. Where? Catawiki.com. There's a picture of it still in the in the box. And right, if you uh. if you Google search Ryoko Tenchi figure, first row. I just wrote, looked up Ryoko Tenchi figure, and I do not have anything in a box. I will send you my screen cap later. Uh, oh, there it is, Katawiki. Mm-hmm. I mean, in comparison to the uh, to the uh, to the uh, to the quote unquote import the, ten- the other Tenchi one, yeah. Oh, oh my, my God. God! 
If you scroll down, someone has a screenshot wallpaper of Ryoko with a bottle of vodka. <laughs> I think I may have to find that wallpaper for you. <laughs> okay, uh, my last words is, Christ, I have to file through these, um, these copyright notices on half the videos on our YouTube page. That's not going to be fun. Alright, so anywho, that is it. End of list. We will be back uh, next week, um, the 24th. We may not be here. Um, I will know probably with by next week, give or take, if that if we'll all be off on that day. Besides the fact it's my birthday, it's the day after uh, Memorial Day, so why not? So, that is it. We're getting out of here. I'm Ranma. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigo. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Night. Sayonara. Say goodnight, Ichigo. Goodnight, Ichigo. Alright, goodnight, everyone. of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol-whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on this show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, dammit. For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!